0: 2 minutes sonship life. Here we go. And um, it's God alive. God alive. God alive. God alive. I'm, I'm so caught up in the moment. I'm so caught up in the moment. We have a message and it, he is the message. He is the message. He is the message. He is the message. And he wants to impart of his message. He wants to impart of he himself within us. That we are now the very body of the living vine. That we are placed right in the very life of God. That we are the living ones of God, that we are alive, that we are the living ones, that when, when in the spirit we look upon the, 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 the sphere of the earth and we look upon from the heavenly moment and we look upon the earth, the very lights of God beaming life, it's us, the body of Christ placed on earth for right now and it's called dominion life. It's called dominion life. It's called the very life of God. I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so overcome by this message. Because it's He Himself, the message. He is the gospel of good news. He is the very life of the Word of God. He is, He is the, the Word living in the midst of it. He is alive right now. He is alive right now. And so we have a message communion with Christ. It's its beyond beyond my human comprehension really. It is of a revelation. It is of a revelation of an impartation of the Holy Spirit. It is of the very flow of the living God communion with Christ. We're not talking of some, some sort of a cheap religion expression that, that yes Jesus and I in my little prayer closet. Well thank God for those moments but I'm telling you we are in the very prayer closet of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are in the very prayer of God. We are the very prayer of God. We are the living expression of the living God. We are alive today. And it is to be received. It is to be received. His life is to be lived out. His life is to be handled. His life is to be beheld. His life is to be mesmerized by. His life is to be eaten off. His life is to be drunk off. He is the living water. He is the living bread. He is the rock, Christ the rock. He is my sustenance. He is my firm foundation. He is my aspiration. He is my living He is my Christ. He is my God. He is your God. And we are alive today forevermore. We are alive. We have passed from death to life. And all the messages I feel of whatever I have ever spoken out of an utterance, this is the culmination of it. And I know it's the very beginning the very beginning of this life divine expression through uttered words, through uttered words. Life is always relieved through uttered words. Life is always released through uttered words. That's why the life and death are found in the power of your tongue. It is the power of His tongue. He's the ready writer that is ever writing life over your life. His life over you is for you to live for you to live. Live. For us to live. Continuance of his very life is peace on earth. Unmoved, unchecked, not ripped apart, not broken up not messed up but we are whole today in his life we are whole communion with christ communion with christ uh, uh, let's let's go well let's let's start some of the messages the titles that he gave me over the last little while because it's really a culminating of utterance And you know, I go back to November 6, 2022 to be His image. To be His image. To be His very living expression. To be life on earth. To be His image. And then we move to take up to bring down. Take up to bring down. Talked about the armor of God. The the armor of light. That we are now placed in the very life of God. And then in you know, in our part of that was to set our minds up above to walk in the spirit and then from there we move to do not worry and lose heart don't, don't there's no need there's no discouragement there, there's no fear in in who he is in us and then we went to the hidden life the hidden life and we really we spent a lot of time in John 15 the living vine and now I'm speaking from this living vine. I'm speaking from the very life that we are grafted in. The very body of Christ, the living tree, that we can now partake of life eternal. That when we eat of his fruit, we are bearing fruit for him. The way we partake of his life, we are giving out his life to another. You see, you see, there's no stagnancy in him. There's no, there's no, there's no, there's no parking in him. But he's an ever-flowing river of life. And when we are plunged in as we are in Christ, in this communion, in this fellowship, in this participation of life, in this partnership of life, we are now releasing his life, this ever-flowing, flowing river of life. There's no such thing as being alive in him and being dead. To another, meaning in terms of not imparting truth, not imparting hope, not imparting love expression. We are dead to the world because we are alive to God. We are dead to the world. Glory be to God. Everything in this world is dead. And I know that there's some sort of animation that the cheap flesh likes to partake in. That's off the word, But I'm telling you, it's passing vanity. It's passing vanities. Well, I'm going to turn 52 this year. I've had some moments of passing vanities. that were pure thrill in the moment. But I'm telling you. Down the road, my pillow was wet at night for crying. It's no fun to partake of what the world calls fun. It's dead. And this communion with life is found in Christ. This communion of hope is found in Him alone. Forsake today the lower. It is for your good. So I'm saying, I don't know how to do it. You just step out and, and see him help you out. Yes, the moments are intense. Yes, yes. So what? We're partakers of life. Eternity is at hand every day in our life. We make choices for eternity every single moment. How can we quit on the one who never quit on us? How can we stand before the eternal faithful God and say, God, you don't get it. It was too hard for me. I had to quit on you, God. When he released his very life through his son, a broken body, A blood that was shed, the very cross of Christ, is my reminder daily that He died for me. What a price He paid. So that I now be called a Christian, a Christian, part of His body, the very expression of Christ on earth. A Christian. We are Christians, we are life givers, we are Christ Releasers, that anointing flow of the living God, the anointing flow of the river of God, for where the river of life flows, all lives, where the river of life flows, all lives. And just because right now it seems there are some moments in your life that are not not fully responding, it's okay. It's okay. Because you know when you put a little rugged stone in that flowing strong flow of a river, give it a moment. Before you know it, smooth. Because love compels smoothness in our lives. His very love force is smoothing every jagged place in our life. Just as I'm 52, about to turn 52 this upcoming year. I'm not, he's not done with me yet. He's not done with us yet. That's why we're to stay in the living vine. To abide in the living word. To continue this metamorphosis, this transformation from glory to glory. Don't quit on yourself. Don't quit on the living word of God. Don't quit on his life in you. Eild, engage, partake. We're going to look at this word. Communion, koinonia, fellowship, sharing with his life. An intimacy of intimacies that on earth is not known. To be one in spirit is beyond being one in body like we see in marriage on earth. To be one in spirit, to have his full desire. There's no more separation ever, never, than either God or Desi. We are one in Him and there is no, no differentiating between Desi and God versus God Himself because my life is what? Hidden with Christ in God. Hidden. No longer I, no longer I. So often I've spoken it to myself for my own hearing. Desi, it's no longer you, Desi. Trust the living God that lives in you, Desi. Trust the living God that lives in you, Desi. How can we not trust the one that laid down his life for us? How can we not trust the one that has first loved us? While we are yet sinners, he died for us. How can we not trust love himself and be stuck in a cheap moment of an earthly experience that leads to nothing but destruction? Such deception, such deception that's wanting to work on the outer man. And take us out of this living abode. This placement of life himself. Don't give up on him. Don't give up on him. We're not, we've not gone too far away from him. We're in him. You are in him right now. Don't give up. You're in him right now. Allow the river of his love to wash the debris. The debris off of that deception that's want to choke you. No. We say no to that deception. And we say yes to the very life of God that we are placed in. Let's go to Elimanda. Exodus 33. Exodus 33. And this could be three-hour-long message or five minutes long. I don't know. I don't know. I have verses. I want to read them. I want to read them, but really it's beyond reading the verses. It's about imparting this divine life of these verses. The Word made flesh today in our lives. Moses. Moses. This week I've been thinking about Meditating on this life of God, to be followers of Christ, to abide in the vine, to know him fully. Exodus 33, and you know, the encounter that Moses had with the Lord, and the Lord speaking to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. This is Exodus 33. I just read verse 11. And we have this today in Christ. The Lord speaking to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend, Kilibata. What a moment that we have in this living vine to be able to commune with God face to face. In the very face of the Lord Jesus Christ, to behold love. Verse 12, Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, Bring up these people, but you have not let me know whom you sent with me. Meaning I need help. I need help to bring out these people. I need help. I need supernatural help. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way. Have we not found grace in His sight, in the Lord Jesus Christ? Has His way not been shown to us through the Lord Jesus Christ? Show me now your way, that I may know you. That I may know you. That was his heart's desire, that I may know you, God. You, the one that has called me by name. You, the one that tells me I found grace in your sight. Show me yourself, Lord. This was his heart. Show me now your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight. And consider that this nation is your people. Consider now that that which you've entrusted me with, it's of you, God. That which God has called you into, it is of God. He is equipping you. He's showing you himself how to walk it out. And so he said, the Lord spoke back to Moses in response to the heart desire of Moses. My presence will go with you and I'll give you rest. You see, only in Him is rest found. Only in the going of God in our life is rest found. Don't be seeking to and fro to find rest for your weary soul. Only in Christ, the true vine, is there rest found. The very presence of God, the very life of God, there's nothing mystical about this moment. This is as real and as tangible to Moses as you're seeing me and hearing my voice right now. This is what this word is, by the way. A living reality of truth. And he said to him, if your presence Does not go with us. This is Moses responding. Do not bring us up here, up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight? If we're not fellowshipping together with you, Father God. If there's no provision for fellowship in your plan, Father God then how would the world know that we disciples indeed? That's what Moses is saying. You see, this living contact with Christ that you have is how you demonstrate to the world that He is real, that you are marked by the glory of God. You are set apart by God for God's purpose alone. Not for the world to touch you and to have you. And to fool around with you? No, I am a prized possession of God. I am God. And I entrust my vessel to God alone. For a demonstration of his life alone. Now that is an ultimate death to your outer man, by the way. That is where you start realizing the choices you make on a daily basis, especially in your thoughts, really do matter. Because this is not a cheap moment for Moses nor for God. Because this is going to bring forth a demonstration of the very glory of God. A man man seeking after reality of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, the Word says. Matthew 6, And all these things will be added to you. For the Father knows what you need. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us, except you travel this road with us, God? And that's why Jesus says, follow me. He wants you to follow him, that you travel the same road. You see, you see, it's a one-way road. Narrow is the way. You want to walk with God, you walk his way. Christ is the way. Truth is the way, life is the way, living hope is the way, and that brings forth a separation to every other way. We're going to read it here. So he said, Moses said, how will the nations know that that you're with us if you're not walking it out with us, God? So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. So this walk and this fellowship that we have with God is really a separation from the world. And so as a Christian, you know, I, I've, been, I've, been, I've, I've, been, I've been a Christian for a few years now. And, and through the grace of God, I've met many wonderful believers in Christ. And at times you hear some say, I feel so separate from God. Honestly, I could never fully understand it on a level. Because in this place of abiding in the true vine, the only separation we'll ever feel is with the world. You see, I'm one with Him forever. Whether I feel through goosebumps or don't feel nothing, I just know I'm one. I just read my Bible. I read my Bible and the Bible says I'm now found in Him. That I'm in Christ now. I don't have a second opinion to think I'm not in Christ. I'm either a Christian and I believe the Word of God or I'm not a Christian. So as a Christian... We are born of him. In Christ, we are brand new creation. Are you a new creation? Well, if you're quick to say, yes, I am, then if you go to, actually, let's, let's, uh, don't leave Exodus. I just want, this really comes strong to me. Second Corinthians 5 comes strong to me, but we're going to go back to Exodus. Take note of the context of this verse. Take note of the context of this verse verse 14 but i'm going to verse 17 for the love of christ compels us paul is writing this because we judge thus so when we have this judgment that he's about to outline for us we know the love of god is compelling us into this thought process for we judge thus that if one died for all then all died. And he died for all, that those who live, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again, and rose again, and rose again. And we know Romans 6 says that when he arose, we arose into newness of life. Ephesians says the same thing. Colossians says the same thing. Verse 16, therefore, therefore, on the basis that he died for us to live now. From now on, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Now, you see, you know the world through your flesh. You know the world and the ways of the world through your flesh. But the word says here, because he died for you and you are now in him and you have life, his life now, you, you're not to from now on know anyone according to the flesh. To regard no one according to the flesh, that includes the world and the system of the world. We want to be so familiar with the system of the world, of how you succeed in life in the world, of what the political systems are doing right now. What I say to myself too: This is my reality. This, everything else is vanity. It's coming to naught. It's coming to naught. I mean just think over the last 3 years all the things that came to naught. That you thought is just how life was and suddenly it's not how life was anymore. Just 3 short years. 3 short years. We're talking about eternity here. And the eternal word of God says, from now on, from now on we regard no one. It's a tough message, but really it's a life liberty message. So we make the choices, right? We make these choices like I have to make my choices too. T- from now on to regard no one according to the flesh, even though we've known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer because he's the resurrected king of glory now. He's not the man that walked the shores of Galilee. He ascended on high and sits at the right hand of God the Father. And where he is, we are. Oh my. Really? Yes, indeed. Yes, it is. Therefore, if anyone, this is it. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, but you see, it's, uh, if anyone is In Christ. if That's why I brought out this passage here with the Exodus about being separate to the world. He's saying in Exodus, Moses said, if you're not with us, God, then the world's not going to know that we're really yours, that you're real, God. Well, we have the same moment right here. But now we are in Christ and because we are in Christ, we're separate from the world. And the world has no hold on us anymore. Has no swaying power over us. The Word talks about this whole world and the system of the world being under the sway of the wicked one. John writes in First John, I believe. That the whole world is under the sway of the wicked one. Not us. Because we are now in Christ, in the living vine, in the true vine, in life, himself, in the very body of God. On earth, where the fullness of God dwells bodily. Colossians 2. We can go to it later if we have time. Yeah, we'll have time. If he leads us, we'll have time. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the key is in Christ. Today we are in Christ. And because we are in Christ right now, there's a reshaping, a refocus of a thought. No longer am I to know myself according to that fallen reality of messing up. But I'm now a new creation. The old things, the old carnal nature has gone. I'm no longer under the dominion and subjection of sin anymore. I have a say-so, and my say-so to that system of the world is no. No, no, I'm very good to say no. Those that know me know I'm very good to say no. My parents actually said that maybe one of the first words I learned to say was no. No. I say no to Satan. The old things. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? The old things have passed. Away, behold, all things have become new. And this is it. Moses is stepping into a new moment of reality of the glory of God. Which at that moment means a separation of him and his people. From the heathenness of the world, from those that are outside of God. A marked distinction of reality. I am a Christian. And yes, I am sent into this world as an ambassador to reach out the multitudes and to cry out a reconciliation of them to God. Because God is not imputing their sins against them anymore. But I'm not as the world is. I'm not. I'm not as all the people on the face of the earth, he's saying. So verse 17, so here we see. So the Lord said to Moses, I'll also do this thing that you have spoken. For you have found grace in my sight and and I know you by name. And he said, verse 18, Exodus 33, 18. And he said, please show me your glory. Show me your essence, God. Show me your living way, God. And who is he going to show him? Who is God going to show him? Who is God going to tuck him in and show to Moses Christ, the living rock? The very goodness of God. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, the very goodness of God, Jesus Himself. So we too will see His back and follow after Him. Because when you see the behind of one, it's because you're following closely after Him. My What a reality we have here of Christ. And so he said, Moses said, please, show me your glory. And the Lord said, I'll make all my goodness. All my goodness is found in Christ. All his goodness is found in his son, whom he did not spare. What does Colossians say? Just in case you doubt that this this is not Christ. Who's our God? Who are we in today? We'll never taste death. We'll just cross over when we step over to the other side. We'll never taste death. We are in life. That was my message last Sunday. Listen to it. From death to life. Listen to it. Okay. Well, listen to him above all. Listen to him. If you locate him in my messages, listen to the message. If not, don't listen to them. Okay. Colossians. I endeavor to step out so he be heard alone. In Colossians 2, we hear for for in verse 9 regarding Christ. And regarding God Christ, mm-mm. for in him that is in Christ, Colossians 2, 9, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He said to Moses, I'll make all my goodness pass before you and I'll proclaim the name of the Lord before you. Colossians 2, 9, Says in Christ, in Him dwells all the fullness of God, of the Godhead bodily. The entire goodness of God is found in Christ. And verse 10 in Colossians 2 says, and you are complete in him. Where? In him. I'm complete where? Not outside of him. Because I'm not a branch that he want, that I want him to cut off and be thrown out to wither and be burnt in the fire. No, I'm gonna be found abiding in the true vine. To bear fruit that would remain for him. To undergo transformation, the pruning process. So bear more fruit for him. Because I'm only complete in Him, who is the head of all principality and power. And then, of course, we know in, in in verse 19 about holding, in in chapter 2, 19 of Colossians, holding fast to the head from all the body, nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. Why? Because all increase is in God. And we're in Him. Growth is part of God's goodness, by the way. Maturity is, is God's goodness. So back to Exodus, Exodus 33, 19. And God said to Moses, I'll make all my goodness pass before you and I'll proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I'll be gracious to whom I'll be gracious and I'll have compassion on whom I'll have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face. For no man shall see me and live. But you see, now that we are in Christ, we are face to face with him. Now that we are in Christ, we're no longer that man of carnality. See, carnal nature cannot see God and live. The word of God is eternal nature of God. Why would they say the word of God is the eternal nature of God? Because the word of God, the very logos of God, came to demonstrate who the Father is to us. So through the word, we have now become new creation. And that's what Peter says, that we are born through this incorruptible seed of the word of God. Christ. In Ephesians 1 4, I these are very I read these verses all the time, but they really become <laughs> that substance to me because the word also Colossians says that substance is found in Christ. Reality is only found in Christ in Christ. But in Ephesians 1 4. In case you think, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm still a man. I can't see God face to face. No. No. You match it up with, you see, you're now in Christ. You're not yourself anymore. You in Christ, you're a new creation. We just read it. The old who couldn't see God, didn't know God, has passed away. Behold, it's a new moment. A Christ moment. Ephesians 1, for just as he chose us in him, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame. Where? Before him in love. That's cross. That's the face to face. Before him in love. It's because we're one with him. And so, he says, You cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, Here is a place by me. Here is a place by me and you shall stand on the rock. So it shall be while my glory passes by that I'll put you, I'll put you in the cleft of the rock in Christ. I'm so moved by God today. This is mercy. This is mercy. The one who could not fellowship with God, the old man, the old man is now mercy given a provision of God that he made up his mind before the foundation of the world to be placed because I'm going to tuck you in the cleft of the rock. So you know my glory. So you know my life and the fullness of my goodness. Why run to the world to see something good when the world is waiting on us to demonstrate the very goodness of God? To live separate unto Him. Since there's a place by me in the very love of God there is a place by me, he says. Here you shall stand on the rock, so it shall be, while my glory passes by. I'll put you in the cleft of the rock and will cover you with my hand while I pass by. I love speaking. Tender love, merciful expression. He's protecting Moses because he's not born again. He's not in Christ. He has the new covenant. He's the lawgiver that brought forth. I mean, God's the law He brought down the commandments. But without this experience of the goodness of God, he couldn't have brought forth the commandments of God. The commandments of God are the very love of God to protect his people. So he'll be known across the world as the good, good God as the good, good God of Israel, as the good, good God of that people called Israel. And we are now the Israel of God, grafted in that cultivated tree of Israel by faith in Christ. In Deuteronomy, you don't have to leave, but you can pen it down and go in your own moment. In Deuteronomy 33, verse 26 this is this is right after the song of Moses, before Moses' departure. He blesses Israel and goes through the tribes. And this is the portion that he speaks over Asher. But it's really in regards to God. There's no one like the God of Jehoram. And that, that word Jehoram is really the poetic name of Israel. But it means the upright one. You see, Moses was placed in the upright one. In the very rock of God. He says, there's no one like the God of Jehoram who rides the heavens to help you. And in his excellency on the clouds, the eternal God is your refuge. And underneath are their everlasting arms. He'll thrust out the enemy from before you and you'll say, destroy. See the cooperation between God and man. Then Israel shall dwell in safety, the fountain of Jacob alone, in the land of grain and new wine. This is in Christ refound, the land of what? Of grain and new wine. His heaven shall also drop dew. Happy are you, O Israel, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord, the shield of your help and the sword of your majesty. Your enemy shall submit to you and you shall Tread down. There are high places. This is our portion in Christ. And so go back to Exodus. I'll I'll make my effort here to finish Exodus. Back to 22. So it shall be while my glory passes by that I'll put you in the cleft of the rock and will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Then I'll take away my hand and you shall see my back but my face shall not be seen you shall see my back but my face shall not be seen let's go to first corinthians and I'm gonna wrap it up here i believe this portion of scripture first corinthians 10 is very personal to me very personal to me so God spoke to Moses. Here is a place by me, he said, and you shall stand on the rock. So it shall be while my glory passes by that I'll put you in the cleft of the rock. I'm so moved by this verse. I'll put you in the cleft of the rock, the rock of ages the eternal God. I'll put you in the cleft of the rock and will cover you with my hand while I pass by. So we see here Paul writing. Paul writing, exposing Exodus to the Corinthians. Starting verse 1, 1 Corinthians 10. 1. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that our fathers were under the cloud. All passed through the sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All ate the same spiritual food. You and I eat the same spiritual food. Christ himself eating the living bread of the word of God to make you strong in this hour. all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. And that rock was Christ. Christ through and through in the entire word of God. And that rock was Christ. And your rock and my rock today is Christ. But look at verse 5. But with most of them, God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things become our examples. Do they intend that we should not lust after evil things? As also they lusted. You see, Moses said, how would they know that we are of you, lest you go with us? Which Moses knew at that moment they would be separate from everyone else around them. But no, that was not good enough for the nation of Israel at the time. It was not good enough. They wanted to taste of what the world tastes. They wanted to partake of the entertainment of the world. They wanted their flesh to experience the cheap thrill of lust. These things, he says, became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after all evil things as they also lusted. And do not become idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Mm. Why? did not partake of the spiritual drink of Christ. Of the spiritual food of Christ. To be tucked and kept safe in the cleft of that rock. To be found abiding the commandments of God. No, that was too hard for them. So they chose destruction. How foolish the flesh of man is. I speak it to myself often. I read these verses a lot. Nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 fell. Nor let us tempt Christ. What? As some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. You tempt the one that saved you. There's nothing good of an outcome that comes from that. Serpents destroy there. Nor complain that some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer complaining. This Christian life is too tough, too tough. I want to go in the world. They love him better there. No. The destroyer is there. Now all these things happened to them as examples and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. The ends of the ages have come. We are those where we're coming into the end of this age. Therefore let him who thinks he stands... Oh, mm, I read this for myself. Verse 12. Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall no temptation has overtaken you except such as common to men. But God is faithful. God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. Which means you can't say I can't help myself. I, 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 it, it doesn't mean that you know what I, 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 I couldn't do any better, God. He says you'll not be tempted beyond what you can handle. But with the temptation, he'll always, he'll, he'll make, he'll also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it, withstand it. Fourteen. This is, this is it. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. Free, flee, flee from idolatry. I speak as to wise men. Judge for yourselves what I say. Sixteen. This is the communion of Christ. The cup of blessing, which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ. See as Christians. We drink of that. Spiritual drink. The very blood of Christ. And there is a higher accountability. For us as Christians. Than as the, from the Israelites. Because you see our communion now. Is this communion. Of the blood of Christ not of goats and bulls, as in the Old Testament, and the sprinkling of the ashes of the heifer, but of the very blood of Christ we've been set apart for the very glory of God. The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we though, for we, For we, though many, are one bread, one body. One bread and one body. For we all partake of that one bread. And it just, it just, it just, it it gets pretty intense. About sacrificing to demons and not to God. And we're not to fellowship with demons. Let's let's read there. Obser- verse 18. Observe Israel after the flesh. Are not those who eat of the sacrifices partake of the altar? What am I saying then? That an idol is anything? Or what is offered to idols is anything? Rather, that the things with the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. And I don't want you to have fellowship with demons. So partaking with the way of the world, is really fellowshipping with demons. (laughs) Yeah. Partaking of the sacrifices of the world is partaking of that which they sacrifice to, which is demons. Because the rule of the world is Satan. Now we can see why on that day Jesus will say, Depart from me, I never knew you. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and the table of demons. Or do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? I was stronger than He. First Corinthians 6, similar. 15. First Corinthians 6:15. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. And then talks about fling sexual immorality, verse 19. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you're not your own? For you are bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. I just want to look up the word corn. We're gonna finish it off. I don't even know the time when I started, but anyway. If we go back to First Corinthians 10:16, the cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? the bread which we break is it not the communion of the body of christ the Strong's concordance uses the word participation for this word communion but it's it's the greek strong concordance 2842 and it's koinonia and koinonia means fellowship so the 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 the, the, the cup of blessing that we which we, the cup of blessing which we bless, that's the fellowship that we have with the blood of Christ. We actually fellowship with the blood of Christ. The bread which we break, is it not the fellowship, the participation, the communion of the body of Christ? We are partakers of divine nature. We are sharers of this one nature that we now have with Him because what did we read in 1 Corinthians 6? The one that's joined to the Lord is One spirit with Him. Koinonia is partnership, participation, sharing in communion, spiritual fellowship, a fellowship in the Spirit. And, um, a breaking down of that word in terms of a word study further down, in this in one Greek lexicon, in the Thayer's Greek lexicon, it's broken down in three in three different sub points of this word: of what it resembles, what it represents, and what it connotates. And the one moment is that this word, communion, the communion that we have with the blood of Christ, the communion that we now have with the body of Christ, because we know that we've become one bread, one body. Partakers of the one bread of Christ. Because he is the living bread. So now, first point. The share which one has in everything. Participation. So you see, when I'm one with Him, I get to share in His nature. I participate with His divine nature. I follow after Him alone. I'm a partaker of His way, of His truth, and of His life. The second point is contact, fellowship, intimacy. Intimacy, oneness, one in spirit. That's a powerful word. You can look it up further there. And then the third point to this word koinonia, communion, is a benefaction jointly contributed, a collection, a contribution. Meaning, again, being a sharer of him. A benefaction jointly contributed, a collection, a contribution. A good one there is... um, In Romans 15, 26, that same word is used. And it's Paul writing regarding the Macedonians. And so let's see. For Macedonia and Ikea were pleased to make a contribution. They were pleased to make a communion. They were pleased to make a fellowship for the poor among the Lord's people in Christ. So you see, that which we partake of, which is him, we can share with another. And so here in this moment, it was a, it was a, an offering to the poor. So as Christ shares himself in this divine nature with us, in this communion of his life, we in turn are like that living bread that he is breaking and sharing us with the world. But that's for the purpose. For this ministry of reconciliation not to blend with them to be always separate but to bring them in the fold of his life that's it for today amen we're done we're done we're done <laughs> communion with christ